Hi, my name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. After knocking out 15 Ironman triathlons, I am an everyday healthy human just like you. In this podcast, we will discuss how to metamorphosize into an everyday healthy human through healthy physical habits and mindsets, as well as authentic living. Let's transform together in this journey called life and become the best everyday healthy human ever. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. My name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. Today, my guest is Ron Oppenheimer, who I found, hello, who I found on Instagram and was very inspired by his athleticism. And if y'all have seen Circus Soleil, any type of that acrobat, acrobatic level of fitness, it's absolutely incredible. And as a triathlete, as a fitness person, I appreciate these human beings that can do these acts. These, And Ron will say it's a circus act. And if you've ever, like I said, if you've ever seen a show, whether that would be at a Circus Soleil or any type of circus like Ariel, um, Silk, their fitness level is way beyond that I can even fathom. So, Ron, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I am super duper happy to be here. Thanks. So tell the audience about, give me like a one to two minute elevator speech of who you are, and then we'll really dive in. Mm, okay. Elevator speech is who I am. I grew up in Berkeley, California. I'm the youngest of four siblings, and I grew up doing both dance and gymnastics, and around eight years old, accidentally fell into circus. It was kind of a funny story how it happened. My sister was doing gymnastics with me and we switched gyms. And there wasn't a men's program at the gym we were at. And my mom said, try this circus class until I find you somewhere to do gymnastics. And then it was fun. And then about a year later, I saw two different circus shows, one by the Seven Fingers, uh, which is a very big circus company that performs internationally. And then the other one by Cirque du Soleil. And apparently I went to my mom at nine years old when my brother went off to university crying because I didn't want to go to normal university. I wanted to be a circus artist. That was my decision as a nine-year-old. And I managed to stick with it for another nine years until I hit 18 and finished high school and um, moved to Montreal temporarily to go to a national, the National Circus School there in Montreal. And since then, I've been performing and working internationally as a circus artist. Well, and, and we sort of talked briefly about this, but I, work at, I worked at SeaWorld for many years and I had a lot of friends that I believe a lot of friends were from Montreal or they went up to, Mon- they were divers, they were circus, what is the correct term? Circus artist? Um, I think it really depends on the person, to be honest, who okay. you ask, um, because everyone likes to label themselves differently and some people don't like labels. So right. I identify as a circus artist, but I also like if you get into more specifics, I am an acrobat, but I'm also an aerialist because that kind of specific people that like to be in the air, people like to be in the ground. Yeah. I grew up doing both. So I tend to get a lot of my work as an aerialist, but also as an acrobat with Chinese pole and other disciplines. So I'm kind of a mix of those two, but I would say like circus artists is a good term. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that exactly. Cause my typical uh, guests lately have been runners, uh, triathletes, you know, that type of thing. So this is at a totally different level. And I, I love the fact that you were like at 
eight years old, nine years old, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And that is beautiful. So how did you start other than gymnastics? Like what, what type of classes do they have for you at, as a nine-year-old? So uh, kind of all over the world, there tends to be a bunch of youth programs that are called youth circuses. And so I tried like a couple of general recreational classes and it's fun. And I had some steel sets because I already came from gymnastics and was dancing. So I tried a couple of them. It, it worked really well. And then I eventually joined that youth circus. So I was in that youth circus for about two years doing mostly my first aerial discipline was aerial silks, as most people is. But I was also learning how to juggle, do acrobatics, do partner acrobatics, um, kind of everything involved a circus in a in a younger new circus. And then I ended up switching around 10 and a half, 11 years old to a different gym over in San Francisco called the San Francisco Youth Circus and at Circus Center. And I started learning Chinese acrobatics there. So I started doing Chinese pole, which is like a steel pole coated in rubber. It's about 20 feet tall. And you climb up and do flips on, as well as hoop diving, which are like hoops that are stuck on top of each other. And you dive through them and do flips. And some other, uh, like tutor board and some other disciplines like that. And I kind of stuck with all of those until I was 18 and went after circuit school. That's incredible. Like you're one of the acts that like would be on America's Got Talent that I would just sit there and be like. They have asked me to do that show many times they, and I've said you, no many times. Uh, I've been unavailable and it hasn't really worked out. So I'm not opposed to doing the feature. I have done Georgia's Got Talent though. Like in really? Tbilisi, Georgia, the country. Yeah. Yes. I was in the semifinals for that two years Good ago. Good for you. That's It was great. very fun. It was very random. It was very fun. Very random. Yeah, I could totally see that. I was like, and I'd be like cheering you on. I'd be like, oh my God, he's got, he's got the show in Vegas, man. He's going to Vegas, you know, like I just, anyways. So I talk about like change and transformation and like what challenges did you have to overcome to become a circus artist? Like maybe as a child, maybe now, whatever that might be. Was there something specific that really set you apart from like that challenge, like an injury or whatever. A lot of people told me I was crazy. I was very lucky in the fact that my family never thought I was crazy, which is really good. Beautiful. I had three older siblings. So I guess my parents had gotten really chill that the idea of me doing something really random. The one rule was I had to get into some good universities first before I could draw everything, go be a circus artist, um, to make sure I had a backup plan essentially. So there are kind of two main challenges. The first one being physically to become a professional six artist, you have to like get a bunch of acrobatic skills to a certain degree to be able to start performing and working with it professionally, as well as learning how to grow as an artist because it's not just sport, it's also a sport mixed as an art form. So you have to be able to express yourself and express emotions and stories through your movement. Um, so learning that is also a challenge. Um, some some parts become more naturally to me, some parts become less naturally to me or to others. The other challenge was definitely my own personal knowledge that like being the youngest of four siblings, all three of my siblings, they grew up in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, went into technology um, and working in tech. And I love tech as well. Like, I'm currently getting my computer science degree on the side. But the knowledge that like, if I go to be a circus artist, I'm going to be away from home a lot. And I will still have a wonderful life and I get to see many, many places, which is something I've always wanted to do. But like, I won't be around my family as much. My family is based mostly in the Bay Area and then also over in Israel and Germany. Um, that's where our roots are from. Okay. I had to learn to accept that, that like I lived most of my life on tour, which is really, really fun. But like, I guess I only see my family on breaks. So I guess that was a challenge. The challenge we're having to work really hard over many years to get skills high enough to be able to work professionally. Yeah. 
Do you do type of strength training? Like what type of routine do you have? Or is it based off of like just the silk and the pull? Like you'll have to educate me on that because I'm very intrigued by that. That is a great question. The training includes a bunch of things. Um, Typically when I approach a training for the day, I'll start by, I guess, warming my body up. However, if I do that, either I'll like, I'm in a gym that has one, I'll hop on an elliptical or treadmill or rug, just like get my body work warmed up. And I'll typically stretch for about 45 minutes to an hour to like actively stretch. Stretching is not just like warming up my splits, but like doing active flexibility, which is kind of it's kind of a conditioning in a way where you're actively like working your muscles to be able to have strength in your range of motion. And that's required to be able to have extreme extension and have over splits and a bendy back and bendy shoulders and things like that. And then I'll typically do a little bit of core conditioning. And then I'll do some handstands for about 30 minutes, maybe an hour if I'm feeling like it. This is if I'm not doing shows, if I'm just training for myself. And then I'll probably go on to one of the apparatuses I'm training that day, be it Chinese pole, aerial rope, aerial pole, um, straps, which are things that dangle from the air and you spin in, or just general acrobatics, whatever I'm in the mood to do that day. Um, or if I have a project coming up on one of those, I'll work on that. I'll kind of train there for an hour or two working on skills. Maybe I'll switch to another one. And then if I have energy after that, I'll probably condition a little bit. Or some days I just decide I'm in the mood to condition because I haven't in a few days. So I usually do conditioning on the apparatus, doing skills at a harder, like a harder version of the skill. And every once in a while, about once, maybe twice a week, I'll go into an actual like gym within our circus gyms where there's like pull-up bars, things like that. And I'll work out and do push-ups and pull-ups and abs and conditioning like that. In all honesty, I don't really know how to use weights at all. I never really have growing up. We've always worked with body weight, uh, with, with your own body weight. So, which is incredible. Yeah, it was really, su- it's really surprising to certain people when they hear that. But I have a couple, some friends, some people in circus do use weights. I just never have. The disciplines I do, they don't really require it because um, I don't really throw people. I usually throw myself places. Yeah. Um, but actually, have, I think I have plans with a couple friends to like teach me how to bench press. And like do squats, holding it, so I just never do. And I'm like, I don't know the proper techniques. Right. Um, it sounds really kind of stuck up sometimes, but some circus people generally call like a normal gym a muggle gym because we don't know how to use the things in those gyms. And if we do go to those gyms, we start doing handstands in those gyms and we get weird looks. Oh my God, I love it. If I go into those places, I don't know what any of the machines do. I know how to use a treadmill, an electrical, yeah. a rowing machine. And other than that, I'm just going to like work in the corner on a little mat and stretch and do handstands and push-ups. Like, I don't know what to do. And you'll do handstand push-ups on your, like, as you're walking and everybody's like, what is he doing? Yeah. People look weirdly at us. Yes, that tends to happen. Because I just, I'm like, this is what I do. Right, right. Yeah. I have a fitness app and I always tell people Mm -hmm. that, like, you guys don't need a dumbbell or whatever. The body weight is incredible. Like, push-ups, squats tricep dips like there's so many opportunities to work out just with your body alone and you're the prime example i know how to do it that's all you know i would love to do other things as well it's just weird for me to do the switch i don't know it's so funny because i'm sure people like when you do go into the gym people are like oh my god what is he doing he doesn't know what he's doing and then all of a sudden they would see you out there like at a show doing your like the fitness level and they'll be like oh okay yeah that's you know like it's just the whole that whole gym mentality that it's like, oh, he's not yeah. under a bar, you know? It's one of my favorite things also in the other direction when you have someone who's really, really strong and like a super athletic person, but never done circus before trying to learn something in circus. Yeah. Because they have the strength for it. 
and maybe they have body awareness, but it's such a different way of doing it. Like, and now you're going to go upside down and look yourself into this really weird shape and grab over here. And they just, it's like, it's just both ways is really fun for me to be challenged in some ways and for other people to be challenged in the others. It's just a fun way to switch it up. Yeah. And for you, you can't have the bulk. Like you can't be bulky. Personally, I can't because I'm an aerialist. I like I don't want my legs to be too heavy. They're already very, very long because I was born with really long legs. How tall are you? Which is guys. I'm five foot ten. Okay. And I usually say I'm like seventy five percent leg. I have a I have I have to wear like thirty four length pants oh, to be able wow. to fit in them well. Um, unless I want to be a little cropped, then thirty two is okay. So yeah, I like I don't want my legs to necessarily get bigger because it just makes things harder when I lift them up while I'm in the air. But other people who discipline is let's say hand to hand, which means that they there's two people stacking on top of each other, balancing and doing flips. The ones throwing them, what we call a porter, they can bulk up a bunch and get really strong. That is true. Cause even some of your videos, you've teamed up with another gentleman doing silk and pole. Like that's gotta be tough mentally, like because you're working with somebody else. It's not just you. And do you guys talk amongst each other? Do you practice? I mean, obviously you practice, but do you put together a routine first and then jump on the pole? Um, that's a really good question, actually. So I think what you're referring to is I have a couple of videos on my Instagram of me doing aerial straps in a duo with one of my really good friends. Um, yes. His name is Tim. But I've also done, I have some other videos somewhere along my Instagram and social media of doing duo Chinese pole or duo aerial pole with other friends. Um, there's like Minnie who have done some videos with her name is, and then Coach, I, I really like working as a soloist and as a duo, um, as well as in groups. So in those situations, usually it depends if it's like a performance. Obviously, everything's been planned in advance and we know what we're doing. If it's just training, usually we'll have an idea and get in the air and try it. And I kind of half try it, half try I try the idea and like research where we're going. So like kind of improvise, but kind of not like a controlled improvisation to test things out. And usually you have someone else sitting and watching or you're filming it and we look back at it to create. But when we're in the air together doing things, like we fully communicate and talk and they're always good friends. So it's not weird in any way. It's just like a different approach to performing. It's not solo work. Right, right. Can you help like your mindset? I can only imagine what type of level that's at as a, as a circus artist. How can your mindset apply to your everyday life and how can that help? So while I'm training, there's kind of two different aspects to my mindset. The first one is usually to kind of get in touch with my body and see how I'm feeling that day. And depending on that, that's how I'll approach how I tackle training. Because let's say I wake up and my body is incredibly sore. And I have a couple bruises in a couple of places and a couple of things are achy from the day before a show or training or something. I will probably adjust my training about that. Either I'll make it even more intense to kind of work through the soreness to get myself back to normal. Or if it's really, really tired, I'll spend some more time stretching and a little bit more chill for the training. Or if I wake up and I'm feeling like I'm really weak, I'll tackle the training more. That's one mindset I always try and focus on. And then the other part is while I'm in the middle of doing acrobatic skills, it's really in a way to focus, but also to relax and live in the moment. Because sometimes I'm doing things on an aerial rope. That's like a rope that hangs from the ceiling. And I'm doing release moves is what we call them, which is where you're doing different tricks that you let go and you catch again. Either a front flip, a back flip, twist to the side. It's super fun. You always have to have a mat below you because you can fall. Um, right. And one of the reasons you need to make sure, like I need to make sure I live in the moment when I'm doing but I'm going to connect, let's say, two or three different wings moves at once. Like I'll twist to the side, another twist to the side, and then a different type of skill. If I'm thinking about the second twist while I'm doing the first one, yeah, I'm going to mess up the first one and fall to the ground. And it, 
although it was a mat, it's still not fun. It can kind of hurt. It's not a good time. <laughs> uh, and if you're on a stage, you do not want to do that. You're right. So I have to always make sure to like breathe and just take one step at a time. Be like, this is where I am right now. And this is what I'm doing right now. And that's all I'm thinking about. And I think that's a good way to kind of approach life is before you do something, kind of think and plan where you want to go with it and what your long-term goal is. But when you're in the middle of doing it, don't overthink everything you're doing and just take a deep breath and be in the moment because that's the only way to do it successfully and like, well. That's beautiful. As doing many Ironmans, like that's the same type of concept. Like I had to worry about that, like the swim when I was in the swim. I had to worry about the bike when I was on the bike. I had to worry about the run when I was on the run. I couldn't think of mile 15 on the run when I'm still at mile 50 on the bike. Because you know then you're just going to be scared of it all. And you're going to be like, oh, it's going right. to suck and you stop working. <laughs> exactly. Side note, I don't, I've never tried an Ironman. There's 15 miles of running. There's 26. It's a marathon. Oh, God. It's a 2.4 mile swim on the longest mile I've bike. Ever ran, the longest <laughs> I've ever ran is a 5K. Hey, I've done them on treadmills before. And yeah. I think I did one. It's never like officially just like a random 5K. Right. One time, right when COVID was sitting, I ran a 5K like at a park near my house. Oh, I did not warm up enough. And one calf just died for like a week. Yeah. Right. It's funny how like I am in very good shape. I can, it's not a, it's not like me trying to sound cool because I'm saying like I'm honestly in very good shape, but only in the way I'm in shape. And I'm sure if I were to try and switch to what you're doing, I would, it would take me a while to adapt my body to be able to do the things you do or other people do. Right. Because it's just not how I've trained. Well, guess what? I'm retired. <laughs> like, okay. But still. My, bo- but my body is like. I'm sure I'm you just, could run yeah. a lot farther than I could. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you, but you're right. Like you have to focus on your task at hand. You can't be worrying about flip number five or whatever because you're focusing on that first one or whatever that might be like. And not only that, um, circus artists in that way are kind of similar to gymnasts. Not exactly, yes. but in the way of, I don't train endurance in the same way other like athletes do. I'm not a marathon runner at all. I'm more of a sprinter, but also a little bit longer of a sprint than a sprinter would be because the typical circus act is, let's say, four to eight minutes. Mine tend to be around six. So it's about, so when I'm, when I'm doing the solo act, it's about six minutes of nonstop acrobatics that are really, really, really intense up in the air that are really dangerous skills that you have to breathe through and it's it's cardio for six minutes and a lot of times in a show you're doing a lot before then a lot after that and you had a multiple act so it's a lot of cardio moments but it's like in an act even each sequence is about a minute and a half and then you have like five seconds or something on the breath to breathe on the ground into the next section but it's kind of like a six minute cardio sprint and you have a few of those in a show and doing things on the side so you're kind of still it's kind of still a cardio the entire show but there's moments that are really intense and gymnasts for example they usually have a minute and a half for like a floor routine or something, um, which is much shorter, but still like they have to be really good for that much time. But like I don't do a three hour run. Like I would, I'd be much better. Like even when I do cardio, I maybe I row for 20 minutes or run for 20 minutes and I'm done. Yeah. Cause I don't, I can't go farther. I don't want to, I don't want my cardio to be built for that. No. And I also and, get and, bored. Right. Well, let me explain this to maybe some of our followers who do cycling, like a prime example for a lot of my athletes, I'll put them, through a four four rounds of six minute hard interval. That's exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. In yeah, the but show. It's just, instead of that, it's flipping in the air. Yeah. Flipping in the air and and building in sh- your strength. And you guys, I cannot wait to show you like the videos of what 
Ron's done. It's it's insane and it's beautiful, beautiful. You'll have to send me a couple so that I can add I will, them. I will. So whatever. Um, are there any habits or practices that you have adopted as a circus artist that can apply that applies to everyday life? I would say maybe let's say warming up is something that's extremely vital as an acrobat because I can't. I, I have a split on the ground when I'm not warmed up, but it's not comfortable. And if I actually take the time to warm my body, it's a lot safer for my health long-term. And I just approach training that day better and performing the day better if I take the time to warm up and it's a necessary part of being an artistic athlete. But I would say in terms of the idea of warming up is whatever you approach anything in life, if you take a minute, like if I'm going to sit down and like write an essay, instead of just diving into it, having no idea what I'm even doing, can we sit down and be like, what am I about to do? And like prep a little bit and then tackle the assignment or the project or whatever it is. Right. And I think what I like about what just sort of our story and your story is that you're very intuitive and you're very in tune with your body and mentally, physically, emotionally. It seems like to me, just like listening to hear you talk because you have to be, you have to be when you're up there. If you're not, it's going to be a matter of like 100%. Yeah. Where can listeners find you online? I wouldn't say that, I guess they can buy me not to listen to me, but to see me because it's more of a visual thing right. um, on Instagram, as well as I have a TikTok. I haven't been active in a little while, but I have TikTok. Um, okay. so Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, I also have a website, which is just my name.com, like ronopenheimer.com. So all of my accounts are at ronopenheimer. It's very easy. Perfect. Uh, okay. So yeah, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, wherever Great. you find your things. Great. And then what is one final thought that you could give our followers about how to start their own transformation and become their own beautiful butterfly? I would say the best way to start your own transformation of turning into a butterfly is figure out first what type of butterfly you want to be. So be that, do you want to go be a circus artist? Do you want to be a marathon runner? Whatever challenge you want to approach, figure out what that is. And then sit down and do some research of what that requires and see how you'd be able to figure that out. So like for me, as a circus artist, it was start taking some classes. And then as you start to get comfortable with it, building up from there. So like, don't be worried about starting from the beginning, getting your basics and solid objective to get your basics to a point where it's a very solid foundation. And then from there, you can just build up in whatever your goal is and succeed eventually, as long as you keep at it. I love it. And guess what? Even if you're 29, 49, 59, and you want to jump into the circus world and that's what you want to do, that's what you wanted to do, then do it. Completely. I mean, I'm 25 now and I guess I started circus as an eight-year-old and did something for this. I'm one of the few that started very, very young. There's not that many that start that age or earlier even. One of my best friends found circus when she was 16. I have other friends that found circus at 25 or at 28 and they're some of them work with Circus Alight. Like there's friends that can, you can get, you can start at any age and you can still find a way to be successful to the power of what you want to be and still enjoy it. Agree. Because what is success if it's not just having fun? I love that. Thank you so much, Ron, for jumping on board. And if you, if followers, if you are loving the Everyday Healthy Human podcast, we would love for you to rate, subscribe, share this episode with your friends, leave a comment because... Make it go viral. Make it go viral because in Costa Rica... We say Pura Vida. Ciao.